Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Latch Mama podcast. Melissa here. Uh, Once again, we're in the Latch Mama headquarters here outside of Richmond, Virginia. Hopefully we can keep everybody safe and continue coming in here with fantastic guests. Um, Today we are talking to Stacey Wood, who is the founder of Through the Woods Consulting. Hey, I just put together the woods and the wood thing. (laughs) Um, And today we are actually talking about um, mindset and motherhood and why it is so important um, to keep ourselves maybe a little bit where we need to be. I don't know. We're just going to talk. We're going to talk about some of the challenges and some of the ways we can get through our day. You're listening to the Latch Mama podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, business owner and tired mom of five. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, nursing, parenting, and all things motherhood. Hi, Stacy. Hey, how are you? Good. Um, thanks for being here. Do you want to talk a little bit about who you are and what you do and how you kind of landed where you did? That's a lot. I know. Yeah. But. Well, I'll, I'll try to give you the 30 second I shot, it. but it might be a little longer. It's all fine. Of that. But people's um, stories are fantastic. So I am mostly a Richmond native. I've been here most of my life and my company through the woods consulting is really focused on honestly women's leadership development and i do executive coaching i do speaking for conferences and then i work with corporate offices to provide workshops and training and coaching on women's leadership development but the cornerstone of all that is truly mindset and micro habits combined so i think that's why our conversation Mm -hmm. today is so fun because I'm also a mom and everything that I talk about in my professional life, I apply to my personal life. You can't separate the two. We're a whole human. Um, So if we want to be successful in everything that we do, Mm -hmm. then we have to really be aware of what we're doing and how we go about our lives. So I talk ad nauseum about intentional success, which really just means that you are setting a path for yourself. You're trying to block out the noise of what everybody else wants you to be Mm -hmm. or where they want you to go or how you should live your life and Uh what makes you successful. You focus on what resonates for you, what your true north is. And when you start filtering your choices through that lens, Mm -hmm. that's how we reach intentional success. So that when we are old and sitting in our rockers on our front porch, we don't look back and say, oh, I wish I would have, or why was I too scared to? Yeah. I mean, I love that in so many ways, in the sense that we all have a path we can find. Mm. But like, talk to me about, I mean, I know your kids are a little bit older now. We talked about them just going back to school this week. Yeah. How do you get there when you are like, Deep in the trenches. I mean, deep in that, like, you know, one kid needs, you know, their butt wiped from the bathroom and one didn't sleep through the night and you're trying to figure out how to get, you know, to the next meal and stuff. Like how, how do you, like you just said, how do you silence some of that chaos and really truly remember that your happiness is important? Yeah. I, um, can say that In the early years, it's definitely survival mode. Yeah. Uh, My sister has a almost two-year-old, and um, my kids are now eight and ten. Okay. But she was asking me the other day, you know, how do you set that schedule? How do you find time to 
work out and do those types of things. Oh, and P.S. She is a chef and owns a restaurant. So she <laughs> works about 70 hours a week yeah. on top of having a little baby. Um, and I said, oh, you don't, honey. Like, it's just survival mode. Absolutely. <laughs> like, if you can get your pants on in the morning, that's a successful yeah. day. But, you know, I went about it thinking that I was going to do all things and be a successful career woman, be a successful mom, be the PTA mom, volunteer, do all the things. Mm-hmm. And you just can't do all the things. Yep. So I pushed myself until I broke, really, mm-hmm. um, and just really physically my body broke and said, no more. You're not listening. Um, you are trying to do too many things. And it would put me to a, a full tilt stop where I was, you know, heart rate was low, blood pressure was low, super sick, couldn't get out of bed for two days. Wow. And that cycle would repeat over and over again until I finally started putting the pieces together that I was trying to do everybody else's vision of what it is. Now, I would like to say I'm completely recovered from that and I never have meltdowns anymore, but my body's now learned that that's its red flag system to me. So I still deal with it from time to time when I've been going too hard. But going through that phase of life made me realize that life is about the journey. And if you're not present in the moments that you're currently living through, while thinking about what you want your future to be, you're just on the ride with no control. And I know some days totally feels like there's no control. But when we come back to a few key mindset pieces, it helps to keep us centered and elect our choices through the lens of what really matters and how am I going to be true to what I need to be. Um, so, and I have a few of those, but yeah, can, yeah what's your we, question? Let's go backwards really fast. Yeah. So you said, I mean, it sounds like you were kind of high energy, high motivation. I'm going to do it all. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of hit this wall where you were like, this is not, not working. working. No. Talk to me about like what that felt like and how you realized at that point, did you go talk to somebody? Like, did you yeah. realize that this just was not where you were supposed to be and I'm sure on the other side of that you wanted to help others as well so talk to me a little bit about that transition well it's interesting because I had part of the puzzle right Mm -hmm. I knew what I wanted I knew I wanted to run my own business and set my own hours and work in a slightly reduced capacity so that I had time to be the mom that I wanted to be but I also really love working and wanted to be having that career that lights my soul on fire. So the process to do that, because I couldn't just walk away from a really well-paying job, um, meant that I was doing double duty for a long time. So I was working a full-time, insanely intense sales job, having two little kids, and then in my days off and my night times and every spare minute, trying to grow my business on the side. So it was the hard choice that that's what I needed to do to get where I wanted to go. But I wasn't very patient in terms of the process. I wanted it to happen yesterday, not not appreciating that it could be a couple of years to make it happen. So I would just grind until I couldn't anymore. Um, You know, I'm super fortunate. I have a very supportive husband who would be like, hey, like, chill out a little bit. You're you're burning the candle at all ends. And he 
is helpful with the kids and supportive of me having my own business. But it's just, it's a hard time to get there if Mm -hmm. you can't just afford to walk away from your job. Absolutely. Um, And so I knew where I was going, but I wasn't patient with myself on the journey to get there. And I think that was my biggest takeaway. And now I have the tools to say, every time I'm trying for a new big change or a new something that I know is a long-term goal. Um, For instance, over the past year, we just built a new house and moved to a new county and started a new school system. That was an exhausting year, especially in the middle of COVID. COVID, And suddenly your kids are at home and you're schooling them at home. And I don't know how to be a teacher for children. So it was just a hot mess all year. Um, But I was able to come back to some of these key mindset pillars that I rely on to keep me from going to like complete crazy town and having a meltdown all over again Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, um, I, I maybe want to have this beautiful homeschool place set up for my kids, but I don't have to go all Pinterest crazy and make it gorgeous. I just need to give her a desk and give her the supplies she needs. And it's not going to be what I want it to be in my head. Or like, I see all the pictures on Facebook that all the other moms are doing, Mm -hmm. But that's going to be okay. Yeah. So talk to me about these mindsets. Yeah. Um, So one is starting from a place of positivity. And that really means how you talk to yourself is the first place you have to begin. It's not just how you're positive and talk to others. Because outwardly, so many times as moms, we're like cheerleaders for everybody and for our kids and for what we want to accomplish. But on the inside, we're trashing ourselves. And you would never talk to your best friend the way that you talk to yourself in your head. And so when we talk to ourselves negatively, like, oh, you sure are looking like crap today. Or, man, you really did not do a good job setting up that home office space for your child. Look at so-and-so. She had this gorgeous situation Mm -hmm. that was Pinterest ready. Or, you know, you really should be more involved in PTA. Why are you not doing more? The things we say in our heads... um, really erode our confidence and our ability to execute on the path that we want to be on. So start talking nice to yourself. Do you see social media playing a role in that too? I do. In the competitive aspect of it? I try to really limit my social media. I mean, we all get sucked in and Mm -hmm. I am a total sucker because I like that Facebook gives me reminder photos. (laughs) It's like the lazy woman's photo album, right? I no longer have to make photo albums because Facebook does it for me. Um, but I try not to get caught scrolling through. And y'all, I'm the last remaining American who doesn't have an Instagram account. Like for <laughs> real, I just don't have one because I know I'll go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, but I think the more that you can be aware of when you're on social media, are you getting sucked into that hole yeah. or are you using it for your own selfish purposes? Yep. Um, that's totally different. So say something nice to yourself every day. Even if you're just having the worst day and your kids are all screaming and everybody's crying and you're, you know, haven't washed your hair in three days and you feel like you don't have time to make a home cooked meal, say something nice to yourself Um, and say something nice to yourself about the job that you're doing. Yep. And it begins with that. Because I feel like we talk about this a lot at Latch Mama, but just there's always something that you can find that you're doing right. Yes. And it may not be to the extreme other people are. Like, I mean, I could go for a walk, but then I could also get on social media and see that a friend of mine ran a marathon this weekend (laughs) and I could feel terrible about myself. But you know what? I'm going to remind myself that, you know what? (laughs) You got up and before coffee this morning, you took your two mile walk and that's going to be good enough. And, you know, not compare ourselves to others and really, truly... I think be thankful 
for our bodies and our health and everything that goes yeah. into it. So. And you know, if running a marathon is your goal, absolutely, then great. You yep. congratulate yourself on the baby steps to get there. Mm-hmm. But if it's your not, not your goal, let that stuff go. 100%. And um, refocus on being nice. Um, but the second, the second one that is the one I can say I do every single day, mm-hmm. and I'm really working hard to train my kids in this capacity, is gratitude. It's so hard to train kids uh. to be gracious, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, I mean, my oldest two are boys, but um, I have one that feels it and says it, and then I have mm. one that's just completely not there yet. It's and just funny. It's just, it comes with time. So mm-hmm. um, I have a busy brain, and going to sleep at night can be hard for me, even when I'm exhausted. So what I do is I just in my head say a mantra of all the things I'm grateful for. And sure enough, it puts me to sleep every night. So (laughs) (laughs) when you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't sleep, I start going through my list again. And it always ends up putting me back to sleep Um, because it puts your brain in a relaxed state and realizes that there's a lot more in the world than these little things in your head pinging around. The thing we try to do as a family is when we are sitting down to dinner, we go around the table and each person says three things they're grateful for. And when my kids were itty bitty, it would be just a parrot back of whatever yep. my husband and I said, mm-hmm. totally fine. Or a lot of times for my son, it would be, I'm grateful for the spaghetti. Yeah. I am grateful for cookies, you know, um, but food matters to him. Yeah, <laughs> and so absolutely. We can't change that. Yeah, yeah, totally fine. And as they've gotten older, they're getting more and more um sort of spiritual with their answers, which mm-hmm. is cool to see. But some days it's still like, I'm grateful for my new shoes that are awesome. Yeah. And that's cool too. Yeah. Um, I feel like that dinner time is so important. I know there's many times where we'll sit together as a family and we do something that went well, something that you struggled with, yes. something you learned. Um, we have three or four questions that we do every night. Um, but it's so interesting because sometimes that conversation itself just gives me gratitude because it makes me realize like how the little moments do matter and they are so important as well. And like that, that is almost my nightly gratitude is listening to, you know, what the kids got to experience that day and knowing that, you know, the last 40 years of my life have led up to this point where we're all sitting at, you know, a dinner table with food in front of us and a roof over our head. Mm -hmm. And there's so much, you know, to be, um, you know, thankful for. So, and when I get squirrel brain, like getting wrapped around the axle of all the things that other people are doing or things that I want to achieve that I haven't achieved yet. The gratitude statements just, they reset our mind to say, you know what? I do have a lot to be thankful for. And it allows you then to come back and be positive with yourself and and dig back into an affirmation statement for yourself. Gratitude is such, I feel like, I mean, I feel like it's talked a lot about right now, but it's still, I feel like underrated. Like it is something that even on my worst days, if I can pull myself back to gratitude or I can just remember to send one email to somebody who matters to me or something that somebody who showed up for me, like it can completely change Mm. my thought process on everything. Yeah. So it's very, very powerful. So if you're not practicing gratitude, try it. Yes. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. Not at all. Just say, I'm grateful for one name, one thing. Yeah, totally. Cool. All right. What is next? Intentional thought. So where we put our intentions is where our attention goes. Okay. And this is 
such a mantra for life right it's so funny because like this is not this is not me i can track with you with positivity i can track with you with (laughs) gratitude and then this intentional thought thing stresses me the hell out so what is what is stressful about it to me i feel like and i and i watch people i watch other business owners i watch other mothers just throw stuff out there and they're like if i put this out here if i plan this i think it's the idea that if I if I visualize success and it doesn't happen, what happens to the positivity piece? What happens uh, to the gratitude piece? Yeah. And does the whole house of cards start to fall? Yeah, because that's scary. It's it's a way of being vulnerable, right? Uh-huh. You're saying to the universe, and whether you're religious or not, like there is a universe, whether you believe in God or not, there's energy around us. So you're saying to the world, like be on notice, this is what I intend to yep. do. So if it doesn't come true, like, does that make me a failure? Yeah. Like, where, where does the gratitude and positivity come from yeah. if the intentional thought does not happen the way you plan it to? So what I've found with that is um, it's totally scary to start trusting an in t- intentional thought and putting it out there. But it also, it does two things. One, it raises the stakes so that your radar is up and you're like, well, I better get find a way to make this happen because I said I was going to and this is I said this is what I want and you start to really then filter what do I want or am I just saying something that sounds awesome but I don't really want to work towards the other thing is sometimes we're really surprised in how the gift comes back to us so we might think I want my business to be successful in x y and z or I want my kids to um end up getting into this school and go in this direction. But when it veers left and does the universe provide something else for you, there's a moment where you can pause and come back to being grateful and say, man, I'm really glad that this road went in a way I didn't know it was going to go. So I mean, but I feel like, like I can track that whole little, like, Hey, put good stuff into the universe. Like be a good person. My, road goes this way how great is it that it's going this way but like I can't I can't get there like people tell me like ask me all the time like what's the plan for latch mama like how big do you want it to be like what's the next and I can quickly tell them like hey the clothes don't matter the clothes are just you know a revenue stream to build community to Mm -hmm. support women to move them forward and that's as far as I'll go with it I won't say you know hey I hope our book comes out in fall of 2022 and I hope this happens and this happens because I think I've probably learned through motherhood as well as entrepreneurship as well as COVID that you can't really control the timeline on anything and you know what I would argue that you're still having intentional thoughts because you don't have to have a timeline attached to it for it to yeah. be intentional. You just told me what your intention is for the business. Yeah. And that is your compass from which you make all your other decisions. Yep. So you're already so it's doing intentional. it. Okay. You're, you're there. I just don't like, like that whole idea of putting it in a box and like actually like saying like this is what I want to happen when and mm. then it doesn't happen. I feel like. Not that I can't go with the flow because I have five kids. I mean, you that's my to. entire life at this point. <laughs> um, but, you know, like kind of bobbing and weaving and stuff. And then, you know, but I can say, I can say that when things don't go exactly as planned, the easiest way to kind of get back on that path is exactly what you just said. It's finding the gratitude and finding the positivity in the way that the path has changed. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. 
you know, I've set lots of timelines and deadlines for myself and Mm -hmm. I've missed a lot of timelines and deadlines for myself. And I just sort of take that as the universe saying, hey, lady, um, you're not being realistic. And it's okay. I the first few times I missed, I hear what you're saying. I was like devastated on the floor. Like, why am I doing this? I'm such a failure. But you see the progress going and you're like, it's okay. It will come when it comes. So if the timeline timestamp thing freaks you out, just stick with your intentions that you have for the business as it is. Yep. Um, and as a mother, or like as life. Yeah. yeah what, absolutely. what are your intentions as a mom? Is your intention to have um, all of your kids in private school looking perfect and doing the things great? Then go with that. Is your intention to raise like wild haired hippie babies? Great. Go with that. But or, know but how that's you the want crazy to. thing I feel like about motherhood, though. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get. Like, no. that's the whole thing. I have no idea. I mean, this is number six. Is he going to be like number one or is he going to be like number two or is he going to be like, is he going to be his? I mean, of course, he'll be his own person. But that's, I think, one of those things also that whole intentional thought about motherhood that is so hard is you are raising little humans Mm -hmm. and they're going to have their own things. They're going to have beautiful successes in life and they're going to have challenges and they're going to have things that you're going to have to navigate through be good days and bad days. And as much intentional thought of like how you want them to be raised or what, you know, where you want to see the future going, you know, I feel like there's a collaborative relationship normally with another parenting figure and you know the ebb and the flow of getting to know those little kids so yeah I I would say so for example for me some of the intentional focus for raising my kids Mm -hmm. would be um, I always want their birthdays to be special that doesn't mean they're always going to have a huge party doesn't mean we're always going on a trip Um, but it is a focus and so that's something that doesn't matter who the child is I'll make that fit them but for me as a mom I want their birthday to be special and a celebration and another thing is I want my kids raised in a way that they stay connected with nature they may not want to be wild barefoot hippie children Mm -hmm. and that's cool I have a few of those to put in the world so don't worry I have have (laughs) definitely one of those um but and my kids are very different when it comes to that but they I'm raising them to appreciate and understand and know how to be connected to nature. And then they can take that where they want. So it doesn't mean that you have to put your kids in a box. You got to leave room for each one to be, like you said, so beautifully Mm -hmm. their own unique little person. Yeah. But just have some pillars of what matters to you. Um, But that leads us to abundance, right? When we believe that there is abundance and there's room for all five soon to be six of your kids Mm -hmm. to be independently who they are. Yep. There's room for other mothers out there to parent their way. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take away from how you're parenting. It doesn't mean their way is wrong or your way is wrong. It's just a mindset that there's room for all of us to be who we're going to be and to collaboratively do good things in this world still. Okay, so an abundance of what? Abundance of lots of things. Yeah, I I feel like when you, in every decision, when you don't look at it from a mindset of scarcity, but a mindset of abundance, um, take for example, so say your kids have started school and 
how are you going to help? Well, if you can't be that person doing all the things, Mm -hmm. you know that there's an abundance of opportunity for you to still be supportive. If you're a working mom and you can't be there to be the mystery reader or you can't be the room parent, there's still lots of ways that you can be helpful. Um, If you're raising little babies and you feel like you're drowning because you haven't slept in five years, Mm -hmm. truth, right? Um, It's okay that you're not doing all the fancy things that you thought you would be doing and traveling with them on your hip everywhere you go. There is room and energy for those moments to come. But keeping the, the thought open that there's room for more. I think is just kind of there's there's room for everyone. There's room for everything that needs to take place. It doesn't all have to happen right this second. But it's out there if we are intentional with our thoughts and practice gratitude and positivity. Yeah. It's there to find. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I think that a lot of times, especially moms of younger kids, can sometimes get sucked into the idea we're stuck in the idea that life is going to look exactly the way it does for a long period of time. Mm. And what I know I've said a lot on this podcast is that there are a lot of stages of motherhood that are a lot faster than they feel. So I feel like the abundance thing is a really good thing in the sense that just because it does feel scarce at this point and just because it may feel dark or tunneling or there's you know no way out from it and you'll never sit outside at a restaurant and eat food with two hands ever again <laughs> in your life yes. it will be there yes you just have to travel the road to it yeah it's it's all about seasons and yeah. there's always another season coming yeah and it might not always feel abundant I feel like that's a huge lesson in this is that the abundancy is there and you just have to ride the waves until you can find it in whatever season of life you're in. And, and really keep it that your thoughts are abundant, that you are letting yourself imagine um, and see the possibilities for each child and every season, like, how life can be instead of saying, man, it's really hard or we have these challenges and just sort of shutting down. Do you I mean, do you think any of that sets some sort of like unrealistic expectation of this, you know, what it, what it should look like? Like, are we getting back into mm. like the idea of, you know, I want it. I, I, my thoughts are abundant. I want them to be like, so for example, we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago, my, Signed my son up for a football camp. Mm. I was like, this is going to be great. He's fantastic. (laughs) He's athletic. He's coordinated. It's going to be great. And then he went to it and it was absolutely terrible. And he's like, I'm never playing that sport again. Don't ever picture me ever on a football field again. And I mean, I never pictured him as like a football player, but I always pictured him as like, you know, kind of like a sporty little kid. He wants to live in a hut in the woods and like climb trees for the rest of his life. He wants to be like a little barefoot hippie. And but like those thoughts of abundance, I had to kind of twist my head a little bit and think differently on. Yeah. Well, I think that's different than abundance, right? Like the abundant way of seeing that is that there are many paths where my child can go. Okay. And if I'm, I'm an abundant thinker, I know that my child will find his, his path, path, whatever okay. that ends up being. So there's opportunity. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. 
But it also brings us to the last like, yeah, which pillar. Brings us right there. Yep. Curiosity. Um, so, you know how when our kids are little, if you've ever had a child old enough yet to watch to learn how to walk, mm-hmm. it's like this slow motion, painful thing. Like they get up, they fall over. They get up, they fall over. They rarely cry. They just keep, or if they cry, it's for a few seconds and they get mm-hmm. up and they try again. They keep trying because it's built into our DNA that we're curious and we want to move forward and learn how to do these things. But somewhere between childhood and adulthood, we squash that energy mm-hmm. in humans and we tamp it down and we say, don't try because you might fail. But we were literally born in this world to fail. Otherwise, you don't learn how to walk. You don't learn how to crawl. You don't learn how to feed yourself. Absolutely. So we need Mm. to regain that curiosity of failing forward and saying, I want to allow myself to try new things or experience new things or try a new approach to motherhood or a new approach to disciplining my kids because what I'm doing is not working. And it's okay if it doesn't work out the way that I want it to because I'm going to take what I learned from that and apply it to the next time I try something different. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I hundred percent agree and I could put that into business and I could put that into a lot of things. Mm. I feel like we've created a culture though in motherhood that doesn't accept failure very well. Um, I think we've created this very shameful culture where, you know, we're very, very quick to judge what other mothers are doing. Um, you know, like you said, for example, you know, you try something and it doesn't work you know, do you try a different method the next time or whatever? And I mean, that happens all the time in our communities where somebody says, hey, I've tried this way of, you know, reinforce, not reinforcing bad habits in my children. I don't want to use the term discipline. You know, I want to try something else. And then there are, you know, a million and a half answers of what not to do um, because you're going to ruin your kid. Or maybe a mom says, hey, my kid hasn't slept in a year and a half. I need them out of my bed or I need to wean them or whatever. Like can, you know, what should I do? Or I'm curious Mm -hmm. into (laughs) another option, but suddenly you have 50 million people who say, well, don't let them cry it out or do let them cry it out. Or, you know, it's just this culture where I feel like, like you just said, it's not just failing that's looked down upon. It's actually the curiosity of looking for an alternate way of doing things. Yeah. And I think um, it kind of comes back to what we started with, which is social media is too many opinions, too fast and too close from people who don't know you. And people will say anything when they can hide behind social media. feed. I would never say that stuff to your face. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think if you're a new mom and you're listening, especially a new mom, because I feel like, When I was a new mom with my first child, I was so worried that I was going to make every choice wrong. And I Mm. just knew I was doing it wrong and was really scared to to screw her up and ruin her for life and and not to get it right. And I had to let go of some of that perfectionism. Um, She was certainly sent to this earth to teach me let go of perfectionism (laughs) but like many of our children are especially those firstborns for sure but I think what helps so many moms out there is instead of just asking the whole universe have a couple of people that you know and you trust that you can go to and one-on-one say hey what do you think about this or if you're lucky enough to have a partner in your life who you're raising your kids with Mm -hmm. you two talk it out and figure out what 
what's going to work for me? If you have a relationship with your mom where you can have those open conversations, um, but find a couple of people where you can really explore in a safe way the curiosity of how to do it. Or you know what? Screw everybody else and don't tell them and just try it. Yep. And if it doesn't work, then nobody has to know. Yeah. And be confident. You know, be confident in your ability to raise your kids and, you know, know what's best for them. Yeah. And you're also going to fail. You like, are. And I, I have this longstanding joke with a couple of my girlfriends where we'll text each other and be like, mom, fail number 7,842. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we blatantly share with each other the stupid choices that we made thinking mm-hmm. they were going to be good. And it yeah. blows up in your face. I mean, hashtag football camp. Like, yes. what, like what the heck was I thinking? Oh. I had no idea. I had no idea that there was like this whole culture that like was very intense. I thought he was just going to go catch a football and like no, play around. No, we, it was like the most intense week of his life. And he was like, never not, again. Not going to happen. <laughs> never again, Mom. We paid for a whole season of flag football when our son was six. And yeah. um, he sat on the sidelines the whole time. And he yeah. loves throwing the football. But it was yeah. way too intense. So way we too like, intense. Okay, you'll show up, but you don't have to play. Yeah, so, 100%. I mean, it was fine, but it's just it's funny because you, you know, you sometimes make those things that you <laughs> think are going to be fantastic for your children. And then not you're so like... Much. Yeah, well, we're going to learn from this and yeah. you're going to finish the week and you right. know, we're not going to give up and we're going to learn what lessons we can and, and move you forward. never, ever have to go back again. <laughs> this has been fantastic. Tell me a little bit about where people can find you and learn more. Yes. You have a book too, I don't do you? I do have a book. Okay. Um, so the best place to find me is on my website, ttwoods.com okay. because through the woods is way too long to type. Okay. Um, the other place I hang out for social media really honestly is LinkedIn. Okay. You won't find me very active on Facebook. I am there, but rarely there. Um, I have a little book that I wrote a couple of years ago and it's called Journey Through the Woods. Journey Through the Woods. <laughs> Plug it. Theme. I love it. Yes. Um, really, I wrote this book because I have a short attention span. So I wrote a book that I would actually read and finish. Mm-hmm. And it's designed to be an interactive taste of coaching. So if you've never had coaching, but you're thinking, I wonder what it would be like to have someone who's in my corner as an accountability partner to push me to be comfortably uncomfortable as I explore what's next in my life or finding my own voice and finding my confidence. Um, The book is a 30-day process. It's a very short amount of time each day. It's like one question and exercise. And it's just a a glimpse, a little light taste of coaching if you're curious. But it's on Amazon. You can find it there. Love it. Well, thank you so much. It was great talking with you. This was fun. All right, guys. Everybody, be intentional with your mindsets. That's right. Bye.